0: Are you doing this work to facilitate growth or to become famous? Which is more important, getting or letting go? Kelly Butler is a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, but he also played in the NFL. Butler now works with indigenous children in Winnipeg. Playing for a purpose, works with young people, providing mentorship and creating opportunities. Kelly, as a black man and a former professional athlete, how are you feeling watching all of this unfold? What's going on? It's your host with the most. It's your boy, Kate B. How we doing today on January 25th? Today is a day that we as a, as a group should be excited. I'm extremely excited to share my story of what I've been starting and and what I'm much closer to. When we all look at today on The Push, and ask ourselves, are we pushing towards something? For me, it was trying to to, to live a childhood dream to elevate outside of the adversity. And when we look at ourselves and the adversity that we grow up in or the environment that we grow up in, we see what we have and what we have not. We see the people that have it, and we ask ourselves, is that an opportunity or a chance And at a young age, Kelly Butler, as a lot of people from my community and your community, being here in Canada, there's different immigrants, being in the States, there's people that have poverty that are in those different differences is what shapes us. The opportunities to overcome these things. And my dream was to be able to be part of a family because my family was taken away from me. As we have these pivotal points in our life, we say, well, hey, My dream was, all right, well, I got to make myself have a purpose and be the apple of my hometown and say, man, look at my hometown hero. You always remember the hometown hero when you grew up? Who was your hometown hero? My hometown heroes from Lansing, Michigan overcame similar situations. So I was like, I can do this. I can be able to overcome my trials and triumphs and my tragedies because people in this environment have been able to do it. Magic Johnson, my father had did it in Chicago. My mother had come from Lexington, Kentucky. Different people in my family, John Matthews, first generation people coming from down south in New York to be able to get to Grand Rapids and Lansing and then start and then give a place to be like, hey, man, we lost people in this battle, but look at what we can do. And then Magic Johnson did it, was a professional athlete. The Fab Five, they went and did it. And then I see Charles Rogers do it. And then I'm like, man, hey, everybody from Purdue was doing it. We all were able to overcome something from where we started. And that's in the sporting world. When you look at you know, spirituality, people have been able to do great things through spirituality and overcome and have always been spiritual. And if you're a spiritual person and you're going through something, keep holding on to that spirituality. Keep following through with that because that's the only thing that gets you through this. As you look at my Instagram feeds, you see that believe, believe, keep believing, keep staying true to routine because you're going to be challenged. We've been challenged. I was tested so hard before I even knew that there was a test to begin with. And then once I realized what the test was, was to keep believing Keep believing in people. Keep pushing for each day. Regardless of what happened yesterday, keep pushing for today positively. That pain that happen with my mother, it was traumatic, and it's still traumatic. And my father. But that doesn't stop the bigger problem of systemic issues. Systemic mental health and the problematic programming that we're dealing with and the understanding of the pre-messaging as a child of what our value is how we spend, how we consume, when we lose, those pre-existing conditions become triggered when we panic and we go back to our PTSD and those systems are in play now. And now when we're in that, that moment where we need to be our best, we don't hit pause, we hit push. That's what's happening is we're set up to fail because of the systems that we grew up in and not knowing that the system is setting us up to slow down. When you look at the tortoise and the hare, the the idea is amazing. Run that idea as far as you can possible, but then slowly, incrementally plan for that idea. I did not plan for this idea. I wasn't prepared to lose both my parents. And when we look at when you're not prepared to come into a new environment, you have to make adjustments and you have to see people around you. I look at certain situations of the NFL. The NFL is a nonprofit organization. If you, I'm not sure if you knew that up until 2015. So owners use that as a tax write-off. And the people that created these systems are owning larger institutions. The Ford Institution owned Detroit Lions. I was a player for the Detroit Lions. And you ever look when you sell cars and you're like, man, these things are really similar cars and people, people drive cars and people watch football, and Mr. Ford owns all of this in this particular environment. I have no problem, Mr. Ford, the the person, but the business model that Mr. Ford is projecting, it's a problem now. So on one side, I will not disclose the people that have worked for Mr. Ford, that are part of my family, and understand that they approved, they, they went towards their disabilities. And if you work in that environment, in the Ford environment of the factories, it's a challenging environment. Those Ford workers show up day in, day out to to, to bust it, to to put everything on their line as you watch 8 Mile, to go from watching 8 Mile, to being part of that environment, to being a fan of what? The Detroit Lions, the Fords own the Detroit Lions. And this is where Kelly Butler comes into play I'm not mad about how I got to the Detroit Lions. I'm not mad about the things that happened while I was playing for the Detroit Lions. I am mad about a certain group of people that was brought into the institution. And then a year later, they left. Mike Martz and Larry Bechtel during that tender, it was terrible for the culture. Larry Bechtel had a mental breakdown and the things that he said. It was obvious the year later. Today, I had to talk about the PTSD of being coached by Larry Becknell, and not what he was saying, but what he wasn't saying. Why was it OK for certain white players that were dealing with mental health issues to be able to have the proper process and treatment to come back on the field? But Kelly Butler and other African-American issue athletes weren't even aware of some of the mental health options. That's the problem that I have with this. When I played for the Detroit Lions prior to uh, previously to Mike Marks and the regime, I started and we won a certain number of games. When Mike Marks came that same year and released me, they won less games. I went to another team and I started with the Cleveland Browns because Rex Tucker and Ryan Tucker's both brothers, one was at Cleveland and one was at Detroit at the same time. I started starting because they started having mental health issues, but as soon as they were mentally healthy, I got released because I had pre-existing problems with not having parents and I was dealing with my pa- my brother in Detroit and I was dealing with my brother in Cleveland. And I'm not saying that's, that's something that you shouldn't take care of your family, but I never had an opportunity to pause. So when I look at the, the, the way that the situation was set up, As I'm performing and saying, Matt, Matt Millen, thank you very much. I don't look at color in the perspective of business of, you know, there's wrong and there's right and there's white and there's black and there's just right and wrong. And the writing's on the wall. There's certain individuals when I play for the Detroit Lions that were amazing people in a challenging position because they weren't in ownership they were part of the problem because they couldn't really have full control. Matt Mellon was one of the greatest GMs because he was real. Great commentator, told me how it was and said, you gotta perform. The only problem was this time I couldn't perform like I normally do because I had the pressure to perform for a city, for, for my team, and for my team back home, Lansing. And in that period of time, what happened was I was at home for Labor Day weekend. And then my nephew got ran over. And I like, I panicked, and I had to go back to the Lions because I was trying to make the team, and I told Larry Bechtel and Mike Martz, do you want me to stay and play? And they had switched my position to guard, like as a backup, and they tried to have me be like versatile, and I didn't graduate from, from Purdue, so I was in a really bad position. Like, I don't know what to do. My girlfriend was there at the time, and... You know, I, I, I had to perform versus the Oakland Raiders, my best friend Stu, and, and I wasn't good enough because I didn't make the team. And I was like, man, if I hadn't gone to the funeral, maybe I could have prepared more. I don't know if that's right. Do you, are you supposed to be playing in a football game after your nephew has ran over in the game? I don't know. That's a lot of pressure for a black man that doesn't have a mother and a father. But, you know, connect the dots. Because at that same particular time, there was health prevention in place for some of our Caucasian white athletes. So it just didn't seem right because when I went in different institutions, I was still able to perform. And then I played well, but I never really got fully involved. So policies and procedures, I got released because of personnel and personality. Roger Chajinski from Cleveland got choked out. By one of the players. The, I don't even remember the offensive line coach's name right now. But he had the most sacks previously at Houston. And he comes here and releases me. I'm like, how do you have the audacity with your system that's that bad and it doesn't work? And in, in, in that part as well, the education of football is being taught by bad teachers. The quality of communication and culture is racism and just fear which was taught by Mike Marx and that regime till they were removed. And now the results are, I don't really know where I stand and who to trust and who not to trust. The reason I say that, that's the PTSD part. Now for the last year, having to reevaluate and revisit something that I failed at again, because this is not the first time that I applied for my NFL disability. I applied when I was selling cars 10 years ago, very well aware that some of the things that were happening to me were mood related and stability, but at that time, it wasn't the popular thing. Um, the cr- one of the people that helped me with my, my application uh, was uh, the president of MS uh, Society, because I worked with the MS Society for my mother, Betty Butler. Um, to do the MS game and, and that individual helped me prepare to go down to showcase how I was feeling 10 years ago. I, I, I'm surprised that I'm alive. My hat is to the, to the vets and the people that fight for disabilities. This is so hard, especially from a moral standpoint and a spiritual one and a religious one. It's like, you're challenged to do the right thing even when wrong is done in front of you. And the reality is, you still have to be positive when negative things present themselves. And the people that helped me through this process, I just want to say thank you, man. I want people to take a moment and really, really evaluate their team and the people around them when pressure's put on them. Yeah, the financial principles of me being able to need some money during these challenging times, I was able to transition. And speaking of challenging times, speaking of that, this reminds me of family. And I always talk about my family and my four sisters. If you hadn't have a chance to check out the website, www.foursistersclothing.com, check it out. We're about supporting, we're about rebuilding, we're about a new 2021. Be a part of this brand that's growing through these challenging times. And I said that again, these challenging times, tough times don't last, tough people do. Let's grow together, www.foursistersclothing.com. And that's the thing about this, the passion and the purpose to do this from the beginning was for my sisters, because I was their protector and their provider. Through the process, there has been speed bumps There's been adversity that we all have to overcome. And we have to ask ourselves, why? Why are we here? How are we gonna get over this? And is it worth the fight? Is it worth the positive or negative energy? Energy is gonna be put out regardless. And at times, the negative situations was taking a lot of energy away as I was trying to become something. And in becoming a professional athlete, I had to become a professional listener and professional learner how to deal with problems. We all will get knocked back, as I have and you will. And what do we learn? I've learned plight is one of the things. When you talk about it from a certain perspective, people say, well, A, you know, the indigenous community is this. And then the indigenous community has a problem with saying, well, we're going to do it our way. Well, then it becomes a positioning problem. The reason I know that is because I've worked on both sides of the border. When I talk about charities that I've had here and some of the problems I deal with with the indigenous community, it's very similar to you know trying to come back home and revisit situations like, well, the kids have changed. And being able to try and reposition, how can we rebuild and reinvest in these kids? The perspective I look at is is I and a lot of the kids and a lot of people during COVID didn't really do anything wrong, but a lot of things wrong happened to us. And we have to find a way to rebuild. And remind ourselves that some people lost businesses that they shouldn't have. As far as like, we weren't prepared for COVID. I wasn't prepared for the NFL. I wasn't prepared for racism. But we've had to make adjustments individually and collectively as a team. I just want to say thank you to the people though. Because it was the values that allowed me to push forward. I look at people's titles through this process and saying today was unreal my routine has never really you know weathered or 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 gone in a different direction my moods fluctuate but today and the people today thank you when you are learning and rebuilding make sure when you're rebuilding you're still building people because as i talk about being broken and building through ball. At Purdue, some of the most amazing coaches I've ever had in my life. That particular staff was phenomenal. And Greg Olson, thank you for sticking up for me to help me come to be able to be at the Detroit Lions. But this is not a sports podcast. This is a podcast about people and mindset and mental health and being able to understand. I had a psychological evaluation evaluation with psychiatry today the people that are evaluated on this side of the border are a lot of indigenous men and indigenous people and indigenous women in the community. But the indigenous men, the elders, thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Drake. Thank you, Susanna. Thank you, all, Jarrett. All the people, especially, especially the young ones, the ones that didn't make it, especially those ones that still have to sit there and have to remind themselves to rebuild or find a way to get back up. But I look at Mitch Bourbon the legacy that he's trying to build and the problems that he's trying to overcome and what he's had to endure, I see the vision. His institution of action theory and his ability to try and create culture and broken culture, and remind people of the original culture, it's poetic. He showed me things that I've never seen before as far as having faith, having spirituality, and seeing value and strength when people would see weakness. How we look at the homeless in the wrong set of obstacles, how we look at nature, how we look at spirituality. He showed me a different lens, and then he showed me that when you are up against the wall and your back is to the wall, strong people, that clan, that bear clan. He came with trucks and trucks and trucks of people to help me move and I didn't have profitable income. I was broke and I was unemployed. And then we were just in the process giving away stuff to people, changing people's lives. And then Ryan came and Travis came and all of that crew Came and these kids saw it for real. They saw the energies, they saw the pain, they saw the position saying it's not always going to be right, but you got to do the right thing. Behind closed doors, people saw my pain, saw the process, but we built. So, as five or six things are happening at once, as far as we're trying to give financial literacy and positive coaching with the Coach's Corner with KB and Coach Kirk Kinsella. On Sunday, I'm trying to check in with you, making sure that you're doing well. But then, that's just from the public standpoint. Behind closed doors, the foundation is is in a challenging position. As a lot of businesses are. But what did I learn in the last five years from being taught by leaders that we see, but we don't hear, and some leaders we don't even see, and their leadership is on a spiritual level. So the wisdom that I got from certain influencers to help me build and the resilience of certain communities, especially certain people that I will do out of respect because I'm becoming part of a new organization and a new environment and and becoming involved in something that I've always wanted to be a part of. And I'll save that later. But their spirit, their energy, this community's resilience I'm not talking about the indigenous community. I'm talking about another community that has opened me up with open arms and I'm starting to walk in their steps. I see the bigger picture. When things are hard, people come together. Principles come together and communication is what sets certain cultures and communities apart during challenging times. So my loyalty is to my race and to the people that supported my race as a man and energy. So I say thank you. And I look at Mitch and saying, you've showed me so much. So I want to be able to reposition you as an elder to do what you're doing. I want to be able to make sure that you're giving consulting to these young men. Ryan, we are the same person. I want to be able to provide you with the opportunity on the foundation to lead with guidance as, you know, an assistant to our new commander and president, Travis Bard. When you take something from somebody and you don't give them something back in return, you leave them lost. As my life was lost without the support, when football was taken away from me because of a racist man's perspective, as was Travis's life was forever changed when he was no longer in care and his position wasn't as valuable as it was a few years ago. But this kid's value and his direction, I was like, man, Travis, we're gonna get through this. And we are. We weren't for a while. We were, we were struggling. As I think we have through COVID, we have struggled. But we have to remind ourselves we have survived. We have been successful in moments when things didn't seem the way that they were supposed to. And we have to see what's really important, values, values. I see that the restrictions have released a little bit and people wanna get back into making money. And I understand that, but when you weren't making money and when you were, your back was up against the wall, were you there for your community? What did you do when it was the hardest thing that we had to go through as a community? How did you respond? The reality is we were persecuted, the minorities, because some people didn't really want us to be successful the small businesses, it's been hard. And we've been reminded that people in power manipulate power to make it look like they're trying to help us when they're hurting us. How is it that all these gyms are open? No, they're not. Just certain private gyms that our public appointed officials didn't want to disclose. These same public opinions are the same people that I have to deal with with the doctors to say I am crazy, but isn't it crazy to go out there and give me as much medication as you did to allow me to play football? and go home by myself? And then when I asked for help the first time, you said I was unprepared. What are we looking at right now? We gotta look at people in position and saying, hey, pause, man. 2021 taught me about don't do too much with too many people if you don't know what you're doing. And if you do know what you're doing, do one thing really, really well. But be very close And very careful that if you misstep with the wrong people, the perspective of the point changes. Why would I get into sports to overcome adversity and then create more adversity? Because people want to become part of something that I led them to be. And then by by my bad choices, I wasn't able to be accountable as a leader. I made mistakes. But I invited people to follow these footsteps to come to Purdue. Then I left because I was afraid. And I saw the reality of what I could have been and what I was and said, man, I got to do better at the next level. So we try to do better at the next level, but it's just as hard at the next level as it is at this level. But now there's new sets of rules and it's more pressure for a doctor, for a lawyer, for a teacher, for an athlete, for a mother, for first generation, for anybody that's trying to elevate themselves. As you go to that next step, it's really not the next step. You got to step backwards had an opportunity to talk to psychiatry today for my NFL disability, and he was an immigrant. I reminded him of when I used to work after football on CDI and how many immigrants have had to come to CDI, that institution that was accredited by somebody that was corrupt, that makes somebody that was a doctor in another country come here to pay a small portion of their income, their money to come over here to go work at a small place while they're trying to be re-accredited to be doctors. This system hurts all of us. How many people have come over here that were immigrants that now had to go take a job as they waited to be accredited here as they were there. I'm not sure how many immigrants live and listen to the podcast. I know I have a lot of diversity here. I'm saying that the problems that we that are present now are going to be present if we don't push forward and say that this was, this was hard. The the idea of the American or Canadian dream is not materialistic things. I bought valuable things, but without values, I wouldn't be able to sell these things. And even if I have sold some of these things, this is not what the point is. I was running out of money to help people, and I panicked. But luckily, this time, I had better people around me that stayed true. And the people that I thought were going to be here weren't. And the people that are here, I'm proud of. And you have to push through. You have to really push through and pause and say, was it worth it to start it? And if I'm gone this far, where am I going to take this? What do I do when I said I'm going to reapply for my NFL disability? The why was I was asked to, and I was afraid. When you're faced with being afraid with COVID moving forward, when you're afraid of moving forward, the day is going to come tomorrow regardless. If your routine is not in place, then you're not prepared. I've had 10 years of preparation and I've been pausing and moving. And then when I saw people dying and that looked like me and sound like me, I was like, I gotta at least do my best to say, hey, give somebody some hope to say, keep fighting. I fought the best I could when I talked to that psychiatrist and said, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what racism feels like to a black man that played a white position at a particular time. But you still have to push on, even though people didn't follow through with the problem, the bigger issue is people will break promises. But I have to see the perspective of people behind me are looking at me, people in front of me and saying, man, it's pain. It's painful to be able to be reminded of how painful it was to start, but how painful it will be to stop and not really fulfill this purpose so that we can keep believing for our kids. At the end of the day, what we do says more about what we are, about how we give back and how we learn. I'm proud of the Cleveland Browns. I'm proud of that organization and saying that that was a historic organization. Romeo Cornell, I say thank you. You allow me to play one more game at a particular time that I didn't think was a big deal, but it allowed me to be a four-year vested player. As a black man being a head coach then, as a black man coaching now, as being black right now an athlete, as also seeing great coaches that were white and black and good and bad, People are the problem and people are the change. The purpose is to take a pause and look at the people around you and saying, I couldn't have done it today. So for all those people that want to get into the people business of real estate, big shout out to... Hold on, wait for it. Speaking of that, this reminds me of family. And I always talk about my, fa- my family. My auntie Lee and my uncle Bruce... Want to say that these people, especially Auntie Lee, was the first person that came here and sat next with the Manitoba Club, and she has been heavy in the real estate game, and always been able to be able to talk about kindness and resiliency, and even in the most challenging times, as a woman that's indigenous, that was able to overcome so much, she finds a way to to, to be there, to be the energy that she's supposed to, because she sees the bigger picture. I just want to say thank you to Auntie for her personality and how she's helped shape me. And I want to say thank you to Bruce for his personality, his calmness, and his demeanor. And to Chris Pappas and to that law firm through these challenging times. They've been amazing helping build the foundation. I say that to build this up right here. What happened to your hands? How many people do you think came and saw the house? How many people do you think? You know, we put the house on the market. What's a reasonable number of people to come see your house? What's a reasonable number? 10 showings, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50. We had 50 showings. So, 50 showings because it was priced right in the right location five years later. Now, how many offers? Do you think we had? What happened to your hand? So we have 50 showings. We have 15 offers. Of those 15 offers, how many of those offers do you think are qualified? Hmm. It's not necessarily the the short that happens, the shortest people didn't show up when they were supposed to, the biggest the right people did. It's never been about the money. It's been about putting people in a better position. This was a better place to buy, to be able to raise a family of people and diverse. And this community in, in South Point is changing and diverse. And I love this, this city, as far as this area. My neighbors, great neighbors, We've had bickers and bads battles back and forth. But overall, we've learned to come together and I have a lot of respect for my, my neighbors. And any neighbor here that I've been rude to, I apologize. But I see people wanting to come into this community and feel accepted and saying, hey, please take this building and build your family and be able to do what you think is best for your future. And I looked at it and saying what I was learning was, hey, be able to start, but your why should be bigger than valuables. Because sometimes you're going to lose values. As I sit here in this, this, in this room that was a studio that was filled with stuff, and I sit here and look at my fish and my like, guys, you guys are going next door soon uh, to, 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 to my new place. And I say that a lot of times these walls, these moments make me reflect and say, was it worth it? Was it worth it, risking it all for somebody that necessarily you know, wouldn't be in the position? And I look back and say, yeah. If somebody didn't take the time to push forward the envelope for, equal, <clears throat> for equality, then where would I be? Now, where would I be at if I don't push forward for disability? Disability across the board. If somebody's challenging to get their disability and they don't get it, how are they gonna feel? If your loved one or your significant other, somebody you know is in the process of trying to get their disability or dealing with PTSD from sports-related injuries or, you know, army or military-related or a paramedic or just work-related PTSD and they're trying to apply for disability, how is your overall family environment if that person can't provide What happens when you have two providers for one child and then one of those providers can't provide the same they went, they they can't anymore? Then all the pressure is put on that other person. That other person was Megan. That might be you as the man for a little while, it might be you as the female, but the child is the one that we're trying to do this for. So when you put that much pressure to say, hey, I have to overcome this negative environment, then you take a dream that turns into a nightmare as far as playing sports, trying to be able to pursue a higher power, higher being. And then now you can't provide and now the pressure is put on one other person. That's a lot. When you're trying to apply for disabilities, you're like, hey, I'm not disabled. I just have had some discomfort and it's making it really hard to do my job due to this environment and some of the things that transpired because of this culture. And I'm wrong. And now because my institution that I supported for so long was so committed to, I'm asking for a certain bounce back because I'm a little injured, that's unreasonable. Look at my family, they're struggling. Look at me, I'm struggling. Doctors, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to be a doctor, but I shouldn't be able to still provide as a man? I got to beg for something that you cheered for me? Now I got to get on my knees to beg and say, hey, doc, please. Now that you cheered more for me, can you, hey, fans, now that you cheered for me, can you donate some time or money because I'm, I'm still trying to be your go-getter, your superhero. People that are willing to put it on the line and die for this country and then come back and this country treats them awful. I'm sorry to our vets. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry to all our vets the white ones the black ones the ones that died together to make this a country of equality I'm sorry that sports got so confused that Colin Kaepernick took a knee and it was disrespectful just as disrespectful as it was for as Rosa Parks had to say, I'm sorry that people tried to take one thing and make it into something else when the system just does, doesn't want us to move forward we don't want to have you know they don't want us to have a voice I didn't realize how hard this was to fight for something that's is worth the fight. But when you try and fight and say it out loud, you're like, nah, you shouldn't do that. You should be quiet, boy. And if you stop, then it goes out there and it reemphasizes that that's the narrative that I, that's what I grew up fighting against. But I don't always have to fight with my words. I don't always have to fight with my fist. Sometimes I have to sit back and see, can the people around me support me? Can we find a better way than using fights? Can we focus on what have I learned and what can we learn? Disabilities are something that's going to be with us. How we we make somebody go to get them doesn't... That shows you what kind of person you are. And when somebody's going through something so challenging, because we all are going to go through something... How you reach out and how you support that person says a lot about you more than about them? If somebody's asking you for help, don't look at that person. Look at you and how you help. It's easy to be like, well, Kelly, you're this, this, and this. Cool. Kelly knows that. You're talking in third person. Sure, whatever floats your boat. But what does it say about you that you now are in a position to help me and you're doing the same thing that I'm complaining about right now? What does it do when You know, people in the community do the same thing to their community that they're complaining about. Isn't that plight? Like black pride or, you know, black plight. I think that's not the point. Trying to empower and change, but those same fundamental things that we see another race do, we do to ourselves and we don't even see the the picture. I had a conversation about them like, yo, you're talking about the same thing, just in a different frame. It's a hard concept for people to understand sometimes. I'm just trying to make it very simple. Today was a great day. My energy, I gave it all because the purpose was to keep moving forward. I've been fighting for my NFL disability. I've been fighting with one arm, with a bunch of headaches, and it's been fighting. And I think we've all been fighting with something in us that we've had pain with COVID and we've just had to keep fighting. Don't stop. Don't be afraid to break down the bill back up. Don't be afraid to show emotions. But don't stop. Don't, don't, don't. You can't stop. You got to keep believing in the positives. You can be aware of the negatives. You can come up short, but get back up. If it's worth getting in the game, because you can't play with mental health. If you got kids, you got people watching you, you got to count on you. Because I got to count on me and we got to count on each other, but you got to do what you're supposed to do. I got to do what we're supposed to do. And we are a team. This is not about, you know, who did it right, who did it wrong. It talks about moving forward. I can't get back the time. I can't get back my parents. We can't get back certain things. But we are a step closer because I was able to say, man, the way that we went about this with the disabilities, I saw a doctor. It might have taken 10 years. They might have denied me the first time. The way I got here might have been horrible, how this experience happened, but it still gives me hope. It should give you hope to keep moving forward for COVID. And after COVID and be inspired in 2021 on the 25th, the hardest thing that happened for the last 10 years, the pandemic, all of that, we're still, there's a vaccination. I can't make you take it. But there's still an opportunity. I don't have to apply for my disability. I don't have to be transparent, but I had to be real. So I made sure to move forward and I gotta wait. I got some Cheetos, you know, I got some food, you know, I, I, I got some knowledgeable research. I got my fish, but that's not the point. I got posy. I got the community. And I just want to say thank you. And hopefully that my story about not what I was doing on the field, but why I was doing it on the field and what we were doing as a community. And maybe I might've been able to get the credit, but a certain time I played sports and there my, my name was never on the back of my jersey when I was at Purdue. That's why I love Joe Tiller. We won together. I had a job to do, but we won as a team. I had a job to do to make sure that I could be as transparent about disabilities and about how hard it is to do certain things and we can be able to learn together. We as minorities, we as a community, we as that doctor, man, thank you. That was a great experience. It was emotional. I might have insulted you, but you might have booed me when I played for the Detroit Lions or the Blue Bombers. It's fair. I'm just joking, man. I I appreciate the medical staff and the people that take their job seriously and do it the right way. I'm not discrediting the medical staff, but some people have abused their power. If you've seen any given Sunday, some are well aware of that. I'm this one athlete that's trying to be able to take care of his family, as you're probably one person listening to this show trying to find something to take out of this, to stay positive. Don't don't stop pushing. Period. Don't stop believing. Don't. My daughter's depending on you. Your daughter's depending on you. People are depending on you. You got to push. And you can remind yourself of how painful it was, but if you're gonna stay in that much pain, please find the peace or please ask for some help. And I've been helped by a lot of people, so I wanna say, even though people might change, the pain, the process, even the, the, the beginning, just know that somebody else is starting from that same spot and looking for some direction. People in Lansing are starting from the same spot I looked at, started at and looking for direction. Somebody's got to give them direction and inspire them. I don't want people to be athletes if they don't want to be athletes. I definitely don't want people just to be considered an athlete and not have bigger outcomes and bigger views and bigger opinions. It's much bigger than just sports. It's about people and connecting during adversity and being able to come together and say, man, we did this and it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. The 10-year wait, the decisions I made, To be able to have a daughter that's healthy, have a community that buys in, and being able to open up saying 10 years later, I saw one of the four doctors keep fighting. If you need help, ask for help, but don't give up. Don't stop believing in what you buy into. But if you're not buying into the right things, then buy into that. Speaking of, speaking of that. This reminds me of family, and I always talk about my family and my four sisters. If you hadn't have a chance to check out the website, www.foursistersclothing.com, check it out. We're about supporting. We're about rebuilding. We're about a new 2021. Be a part of this brand that's growing through these challenging times. And I said that again, these challenging times, tough times don't last. Tough people do. Let's grow together. (laughs) www.foursistersclothing.com. I just want to say thank you. Today was just a moment of peace and saying, I put it all out there. I gave everything I could to prepare to be emotionally, mentally, physically available for this second time I've applied for the NFL disabilities. Hopefully this time is better than the last time. And that's the thing about it, hope, but work hard with the right beliefs. If you want to leave your comments, your concerns, if you want to be on the show, if you want to open up about how you are doing mentally, and when you are faced with something, and you're closer than you realize, push forward. But if you can't get a hold of me here, please check me out at the Gmail, uh, the pushwithkb at gmail.com. Once again, guys, this is your boy, the host with the most. My, my, my energy is not always, um, this, this, this subdued, but it's been a big day. It's been a big day and it's not about me. So sometimes your energy might not be on point, but keep pushing forward and I'm pushing out of here. Peace.